It's official. The Houston Texans are out on Lamar Jackson. And Cody and I discuss how the Houston Texans can adapt the swarm method of playing defense under D'Amico Ryans. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a hump day episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, and of course, I'm joined by none other than Sports Illustrated's own and Texan Credential Media member, Cody Davis. Got to talk about a couple of things today. The Houston Texans officially out on Lamar Jackson. Of course, we will get to how the Texans can adapt the swarm defense uh, and I think that's going to be very interesting to discuss. But we, before we get into the defensive side of the ball, offensively, Houston is going to continuously look at the top quarterbacks in this year's draft, uh, analyze it, and officially they are out on former MVP quarterback Lamar Jackson. Cody, what's going on with that situation? Yeah, and that news came from a friend on the show that we really haven't had on the show in the last couple of months. But we're going to get him back. Yeah, we got to get him back on. Mr. Aaron Wilson, you guys know him, one of the best beat reporters covering not just the Houston Texans, but the NFL. But Aaron Wilson did report on yesterday that the Houston Texans are not expected to go after Lamar Jackson. John, of course, we talked about this on yesterday's show, and I honestly do believe that if the Houston Texans are not going to at least kick the tires just to see what it's going to cost to get Lamar Jackson here to the city of Houston, I do believe that is a big mistake. Um, not just the fact that you that you were passing up on an opportunity to solidify yourself of getting a top-tier quarterback back inside NRG Stadium, but at the same time, you're also putting a rival of yours in the Indianapolis Colts, who as of right now, um, unless something changes, they are at least flirting with the idea to see what it's going to take to get Lamar Jackson to Indianapolis. And John, you know, I even talked about this on yesterday, you know, I just don't want to see the Houston Texans pass up on our deal to get Jackson. And then next thing you know, you got a game plan for Jackson for two times a year because he's in your division and we all know how good Lamar Jackson is once again this is a quarterback at 26 years old he has established a record by winning what 46 47 games one close of the to best 50 games, records yeah. close to 50 games one of the best records in the modern day Super Bowl era this is a guy who has rushed for not one but two seasons of having over 1,000 yards on the ground and we all know that we are expecting the Houston and Texans under the stewardship of D'Amico Ryans to um, lean on the run heavenly. You already got Damian Pierce. And of course, like I mentioned, we played with the idea of what a backfield would look like with him and Lamar Jackson. I think that would definitely, you know, probably make the Houston Texans rushing attack unstoppable. But John, once again, man, I, I honestly believe that the Texans are doing themselves a disservice. However, I do understand it because at the end of the day, you know, you bring in Lamar Jackson. Yes, that's going to eat up your salary cap. And you just paid Larry Tulsa as well. But, you know, and I also believe that the Texans are trying to put themselves on a tra on a trajectory that we are seeing other teams do. You know, 
You get you a young, promising quarterback, and if he shows some type of promising potential, build around him for the next three to four years and see if you can make the run to the big game or possibly win it. That's what we've seen in the likes of Kansas City. That's what we've seen in the likes of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, is very – it's very important for the Texans to try to build around a quarterback that's on a rookie deal, other than getting a quarterback who is going to cost a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I agree with everything you said, Cody. I do want to go back to the Colts. Jim Ursay did mention that the money is not a problem. He doesn't necessarily like the draft compensation that he'd have to give up, but ultimately overall, just like the rest of the owners right now that have an opportunity, like Atlanta. Like like who, Washington. That's what Washington, I don't understand. Who doesn't have a uh, 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 as talented of a quarterback room that, you know, Mark Jackson. They haven't had since RG3's rookie season, if you ask me. Uh, well, they had Kirk Cousins for a couple of seasons. took him to the playoffs once. but It wasn't RG3 in his rookie season. <laughs> to get back to it, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson would immediately be an upgrade in, in Washington, Atlanta, yeah. uh, Indy, but uh, right now, Jim Ursay, I think, speaks for the rest of the owners in the league for the most part, and he doesn't believe in fully guaranteed contracts. And I think that's been the biggest issue for Lamar Jackson on top of missing, I think, between 10 to 12 games in the past mm -hmm. two seasons and not being able to kind of finish out the last couple of seasons. However, we've seen his worth with and without the Ravens and how good they are when them on the field and how they're not necessarily as good with him off the field. But to go back to the point, looking at the Houston Texans, absolutely this is an issue that I personally have. He would make this team exponentially better. Mm -hmm. He would also still allow this team an opportunity to build through the draft with great young pieces. But I can't sit here and say to myself, because I've been an advocate of getting a quarterback on a rookie deal mm -hmm. and spending money in other places to allow that quarterback to flourish. Uh, like we've seen, like, like the, like you mentioned the Patrick Mahomes, the Joe Burrows, what the Arizona Cardinals was aiming to do. Um, we saw the Chargers attempt to do when they brought in, uh, uh, Khalil Mack and try to put something on their defense together around Justin Herbert. Uh, I get it. And when you look at what Houston has to do moving forward, ideally they got to, you know, resign Shaq Mason. Look at Titus Howard. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the guys that they brought in on one year deals, my expectation behind that is, yeah, we want to bring some of those guys back in the future when we have more money to use <clears throat> in our salary cap situation. If you take money out of it, for anybody to say that Lamar Jackson isn't a top five quarterback, I think that you're not watching the mm. game of football. Honestly, when he is healthy, he is one of the most – he's the second most talented quarterback in the NFL when he's healthy. No no question. That's the main reason why he won an MVP. And when he is healthy and the pieces around him are healthy, then you can see his full worth to a team on the offensive side of the ball. And he's also a guy that I believe can help create – a winning culture because all he does is win, 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 no matter what, given the circumstances that he's been under. I think he is a, a, an option that Houston should have looked at. I am disappointed in Houston if they did not go through all of the scenarios that would have allowed them to bring in Lamar Jackson and not give up that number two overall pick, possibly <laughs> the number 12 overall. I just, just didn't exhaust the options that they have. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is a business 
And it was a business decision. It makes more sense in terms of financially to be able to get a rookie quarterback who within the next four years, you're going to have to pay what maybe $7 million, eight, eight to $10 million per year since they're picking at number two overall. And the rest of the money that you'd have under your salary cap could be used to do what? Yeah, well, upgrade the wide receiver room. Continuously uh, uh, retain some of the guys that's worth it. Upgrade and re-sign your right guard and right tackle now, right? Prepare for money for the future. And I understand that point. However, I still believe that Lamar Jackson would make the Houston Texans an immediate contender in the NFL. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net all on a safe secure and super easy to use app don't miss your shot excuse me don't miss your shot at your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up Make every moment more with FanDuel. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. And over the last couple of days, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about the offense, especially who's going to be under center for the Houston Texans in 2023. However, I think we all can agree, especially with the hiring of D'Amico Ryans, that the Houston Texans defense is going to get 10 times better. Um, as a matter of fact, Aaron Wilson reported on yesterday that Rams coach Sean Mayvay said the best thing about D'Amico Ryans being hired with, to the Houston Texans is the fact that he no longer has to worry about playing against his defense that much <laughs> anymore. And that's saying a lot because D'Amico Ryans um, did have, if not one of the best the best defensive team in in San Francisco over the last couple of seasons and John will you take a look at how bad the Houston Texans defense has been um more so last year this is a defense that gave up 24 and a half points per game of course as I talk about a lot here on this show, they have given up an average of 170 yards on the ground, 210 through the air. And the only thing that was at least decent about the Texans defense under the stewardship of former head coach and defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith was the fact that they did a pretty good job taking the ball away. As a matter of fact, in 2022, this is a team that had recorded 28 takeaways on the season. However, John, when you take a look at what D'Amico Ryans can potentially do for this defense and help improve it, help enhance it, how do you think that's going to fare? I go right to what he describes as the swarm defense. Creating that swarm defense within a two-year time period, I think, is what we should really have our eyes set on under the tutelage of D'Amico Ryans with this defense. And that swarm defense is plainly put, put excuse me, uh, when you look at it, it is special work ethic. Excuse me, that's my Bible study alarm. Uh, special work ethic and relentless. Like that's what you want this defense to look uh, under. Relentless mindset under D'Amico Ryan's a defensive method that held the Green Bay Packers to 58 total yards in the second half of the 2021 NFC divisional round game. Like if you guys remember that game. 
that was a 13 to 10 game, I believe. And the performance the San Francisco 49ers defense put on that game was phenomenal. And with that swarm defense, guys, it all starts with the play of the linebackers. And I can't wait to tell you who I want to highlight, but the linebackers for the swarm defense, they got to do a couple of things. First and foremost, they have to play fast and be able to cover sideline to sideline. When you look at what Fred Warner was able to do and develop under D'Amico Ryan's being able to drop back in coverage. Uh, we look at Dre, uh, Dre Greenlaw, Sayer, uh, uh, Aziz Sayer, uh, if I'm butchering his name, forgive me. But those three linebackers were able to cover across the field. And so when I look at the linebackers that Houston currently have under their roster, I look at Denzel Perriman and Corey Littleman as Littleton, excuse me, as the two offseason signings for linebacker, I'm very intrigued as, as to what Corey Littleton can be for this team. Uh, during his four years with the L.A. Rams, Littleton logged close to 1,200 coverage snaps. During that time span, Littleton was one of the best cover linebackers in the NFL and at times as an off-ball defender for the Rams. A lot of those sub-package defense, Littleton was the only linebacker on the field with six DBs. That speaks to his ability to be able to cover. I think that's important for this defense. When you look at a linebacker group that can cover, that allows you to be able to get pressure up front. And by the way, when he is healthy, when Littleton is healthy, he plays fast, and which is a point of emphasis for this defense under Ryan's. Um, after the linebackers, the front four is the next point of emphasis for this team. And right now, I believe they still need an upgrade at the edge position because the speed and ability to cover from the linebackers allows that front four under D'Amico Ryans to be stellar. You also have Bosa. You also have Samson Ibukum. Ibukum has his bookends. However, upgrading the inside with the signing of Sheldon Rankins pairing him next to Malik Collins and also bringing in Hassan Ridgeway, they should be able to command those double teams. And if they can command those double teams, you know what that does for a linebacker. Now they have the opportunity to flow from sideline to sideline, make quicker reads because they'll be able to see those lanes and play and get into the lanes in their assignments much faster, much stronger, much quicker, with much more tenacity and more ferociousness, which is something that if we're being honest, the linebacker group for the Houston Texans has lacked. We've seen a lot of missed tackles. We've seen a lot of bad assignments between the linebackers. Uh, we look at Kamu Grugier-Hill, a, a good part of Christian Kirksey's time so far with the Houston Texans. Look at uh, Garrett Wallow at times. Like whoever has played linebacker for the Houston Texans, they haven't been the best. And I've loved what Christian Harris was able to do once he was able to figure things out in the NFL last year for the Texans. But when you look at being able to command those double teams for the front four, that could help Houston make teams more one-dimensional along with, hey, listen, Sheldon Rankins will be, was brought in to help stop the run. And so you look at a team with the San Fran 49ers, last year they didn't allow a rusher to go over 100 yards. The closest, I believe, was J Josh Jacobs, close to 70 yards. Put that in perspective for the Houston Texans. The Chicago Bears' number one running back went out last season. Mm -hmm. Khalil Herbert was able to step in, and I think he rushed for nearly 200 yards. 
those are some of the things when you look at a swarm defense, which is what he, uh, you know, describes his defense as, that's number two. Like being able to cover sideline to sideline and eliminating some of the things that offenses like to do in minor football with getting the ball out quicker. Now you look at controlling and stopping the run. This will help offensive teams, opposing offensive teams, become one-dimensional. And, again, I think they still need to get some help at the edge position, which I believe that they will address in uh, the draft. And I also believe that Houston is playing a game to waiting until after the draft and then assessing who's available on the market and bringing in a free agent edge rusher. There's still a couple of good guys out there, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, to say a few a few names, there's some talent out there. I still believe that they're just waiting to figure out their next guy alongside of John Gennard, alongside of Jerry Hughes, who I think could still be a great pairing for the Houston Texans. And when I look at the safety position, just simple, being able to disguise your coverages. So it was important for D'Amico Ryans to get a Jimmy Ward over from San Fran, San Fran excuse me, who I don't believe will be limited to playing safety. We will see him play some nickel, I believe so. Uh, and and D'Amico Ryan's kind of talked about that. Like, you know, you're good at that. And so we're going to have you in positions where you can succeed and be good and thrive in what you're great, what you're great at. But giving Houston the opportunity to, to mix up coverages um, will help the linebackers be able to cover side out sideline. And then you see the front four. This is a defense where I truly believe within a two-year time span, we can see the Houston Texans go from one of the worst, the worst in stopping the run, one of the worst passing defenses to being maybe top 15 and top 10 in those areas, um, especially considering how they are building the defense as of right now. I'm looking forward to it, guys. I think the linebacker group is going to be super important. And I'm going to say this. I want to see Christian Harris play middle linebacker. I don't want to see him play outside linebacker. I think his ability to be fast, to be a former DB so he can cover he can drop back and coverage as a linebacker. He has some strength. He plays with tenacity. I think him playing at the middle linebacker will allow the rest of this defense to shape out. That's just my opinion. And I'm intrigued to see how the linebacker battle will turn out after camp. By the way, speaking of camp, the entire 32 teams in the NFL will have a day because now the NFL, you have to cut down from 90 to 53 at the end of the last preseason game. And so Houston has a lot of bodies on their roster right now, not including the draft. I'm really intrigued and interested to see how they attack that linebacker group, honestly, because they got some guys on here that I believe can be difference makers. And Corey Littleton, if he's healthy and he's in a right situation, I think he adds to what Houston can do possibly in terms of a cover linebacker out on the field. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. Guys, thank you for continuously subscribing mm. to the Locked On Texan podcast. If you are watching us right now and if you made it to this part of the show, I'm giving you a virtual hug. I'm a big guy, so this is a warm, big old country, southern Houston, down south hug. We love you, and uh, thank you guys again for checking us out. Listen, on Tuesday, the NFL made some changes uh, to the league. Uh, quite some quite interesting changes, I believe. The NFL will now cut over 1,000 players on one day, which would be August 29th, right after the final NFL preseason games. Previously, teams had to cut their rosters from 90 to 75 first, 
And then from 75 to 53, now it's from 90 to 53. Uh, I kind of feel indifferent about that. I think going from, you know, 90 to 75 to now 90 to 53, right after the final preseason game, it does allow the teams to, and it works out in Houston's favor because they still are classified as a rebuilding team. So you, you may need more time to figure out it in, in moments, right? And now you have opportunity to after the final preseason game. But it does allow for teams to get a final, here's your shot evaluation from players, mm-hmm. right? And we, t- I've, at least I've talked about how I believe the linebacker group would be very intriguing. I, I believe that for Houston, they're going to have an opportunity to have an interesting wide receiver battle and defensive line battle because mm. Thomas Booker, you know, he may be a Casario pig, but you know, you gotta look at him as a guy that could be on the line. I think that Thomas Booker, looking at how Houston upgraded the interior defensive line, maybe they can use him on the edge, but I'll get into that later. But you look at Roy Lopez, you look at some of these guys that were here two or three years before. D'Amico Ryan's got to Houston, and you may say to yourself, hmm, I don't know about you because you wasn't around. You wasn't drafting when D'Amico was around. So Nick Casario can't save you, right? Like this ain't one of them situations. So I, I think that that does give teams and players the optionality of like the last opportunity before I got to get cut. Um, but my indifferent comes from that's a lot of players on one day to get the call like hey man or come sit down in the office hey man we got to go the opposite direction mm-hmm. and it's kind of sad right you know they're they're still human they're out there working their ass off and you don't want to see it come down to the very final last shot but again it does have some pros and cons i think so players giving the team an opportunity hopefully they're not hurt to have one more hoorah and then teams get an opportunity to do a full evaluation until the final preseason game. And so, you know, some of the guys that may be on the line on and off the team, you get that opportunity in, in preseason game three to really prove whether or not you can be a special team or you can get some playing time with this team. Yeah. And, you know, since you took that approach, I'm going to look at my favorite update from the NFL's owner meetings. And that is they are finally allowing players to wear the number zero. Yeah. John, I'm I, who's I, gonna I, be Houston's agent exactly. zero? Like, I want to guy? see who's going to be Houston's agent zero, you know, and that's just something that you know I, that mm. that's probably my favorite part of the NFL owners meeting because it seems mm. like there's always that one random rule that nobody ever thought about that all of a sudden they're approving it. Like, you know what? I've never thought about that. So I cannot wait to see what Houston Texan is going to take the helm as agent. If you could, if you could guess, and and listeners, please play around, play around with this in the comments. If you can guess really quick, who would be your agent zero? My agent zero. I want to say, I want to say Nico Collins for some reason. I don't know why. I just have a feeling like, first of all, agent zero, I feel like has to be a wide receiver. So that's why I kind of feel like if anybody, and then for Nico, it makes sense. New coach, this probably his last, last year to zero determine, shots left. Exactly, to determine whether or not he's going to be a foundational piece 
for yeah, the Houston Texans. Zero passes forward. in the NFL game. You know, and skills. you know, you got <laughs> you got John Mechie coming back. Whoever you draft at number 12 or 33 for your you know potential franchise changing wide receiver. Like, I kind of feel like that would be the perfect rebranding for Nico for some reason. I don't hmm. know why. Nico was zero. Nico with zero. Okay. <laughs> uh, if I would have to choose before we get out of here, I feel like there's an opportunity, depending on if he's available for Houston in the mid rounds, for my guy out of UT, Overshawn, mm -hmm. linebacker. Mm -hmm. and, I, I, and I think, you know, let's go ahead and get my man zero, right? Go ahead and, and get him in, and he'll get zero. But Whoever agent zero is, like you can't get zero. Getting zero and getting number one is, you know, number one, three, 12 in the NFL, 23. Like it's certain numbers. Like when you get those numbers, you got to do something with it. Exactly. So you look in the NBA, you got exactly. agent zero with, you know, get with arenas. I put 80 and 84 in that category as well. well oh, oh 80, 88. No, 88, 81, 80. Yeah. Um, 99 99 90 99 one of them numbers like you you get 99 man you <laughs> but you know what this is an opportunity because nobody has ever you know at least in the i guess past 20 or so years like who's worn number zero so this is an opportunity to for a player to actually create a legacy come on nico zero. come on nico okay. do it okay what, what, yeah, what number does nico wear now 12 yeah 12 yeah Okay. There you go. It's 12. Nobody, eh, it's 12. Come on now. Okay. 12, 12 to me is more of a quarterback number anyway. Man, just go ahead, Agent Zero. Perfect rebranding, man. He told me as a homie that he wants to be the next great wide receiver along with Andre Johnson and D-Hop. And I guess you could include Brandon Cooks in there as well. But still, he wants to I be next. That's too loud. He was. That's why I whispered it. But he wants to be next. Go ahead. Agent Zero. That'd we'll be the Nico. What'd out. you call it? Nico for zero? Zero to Nico. There you I, don't, go. I don't know what I said. I was there just you go. There you go. But thank you guys <laughs> for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texas. And as always, continue to subscribe to the Locked On Texan podcast on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans and give me a follow at John underscore Hickman 12. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Oh, my God. I really do think that we are officially a month away from the NFL draft. Man, super, <laughs> super, super excited about it. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. peace.